Hello everyone, this is Once I Fun IV, where we take a deep dive into the International Baccalaureate. Here we're going to bust myths and misconceptions and hopefully give you some helpful tips. Our hosts are Ruben, Hello. Isabella, Hi there, Paulina, which is me, uh, George is unfortunately absent, and today our guests are Mr. Mark Sherlock, Hello. and Ms. Doni Kranschai. Hello. Um, yeah, so today we have teachers on our podcast, this is the first and last time because this is unfortunately our last episode. Um, but yeah, just starting off with, how do you guys like the IB? Do you think it is something you're really passionate about? Would you, would you otherwise choose a different system if you had the choice? How is it going for you? Whew, um, definitely very passionate about, passionate about it, yes. Um, I've worked in uh, two different uh, systems. I've worked in the regular the Dutch uh, bilingual system um, and I'd say that the big difference and the thing that I really like is the amount of uh, flexibility I have um, in terms of how you can deliver the curriculum. Um, the IB wants us to be, yeah, kind of, uh, well, the, the, the learning to be very much a student kind of inquiry based um, and that, that enables us to, yeah, basically pose the questions for you and you are the ones busy finding out the answers and uh, um, and I, I think that's a much better way of, yeah, you developing your, your thinking skills in terms of learners. Um, and yeah, it, it's just, uh, yeah, in, in, in more traditional systems, it's very uh, fixed and very much more classical forms of teaching, I find. Um, the idea is very much flipped around and uh, it's, it's over to you and, uh, and I really like that system. What do you think, Miss? Well, when, when Mr. Sherlock spoke about it, I also thought, yeah, that's exactly how I see it. I'm also a big fan of the Ivy system. I do like the, <clears throat> the challenging part for both teachers and students, and I like a good challenge. Um, so if, if I think of my own subjects, which is uh, visual arts, I like the, the, the freedom I have. It's not like a set textbook. So in the previous curriculum that I worked in South Africa, you have a textbook and you have this year planning, you have to stick to that. But with the IB, it's quite more, you have free reigns. And that's what I really enjoy. Okay. And just, just to add to that, I think a key part of the, the whole IB um, system is this idea of reflection. Mm. And um, you as students know about that from your, your CAS and from your extended essay reflections, which you will be doing. Um, but we as teachers also, we, we have to um, demonstrate uh, reflection as well. And, uh, and that, that kind of, yeah, basically every unit that we do uh, with the students, we, we have to look back on that unit, mm -hmm. reflect on it with the idea of, yeah, improving it the next time uh, it, it comes around. So it's a, a constant, um, yeah, a process of improvement. Um, whereas, yeah, comparing with a, a classical system, you know, um, you, you could be, yeah, unless there's any major changes, you're doing pretty much the same thing year after year. And whereas I say, yeah, if you came into my yeah, ESS lesson this year, and if you came into the same lesson next year, in theory, there should be uh, an, an, a difference. Hopefully that difference would be an mm. improvement on the way that content was uh, brought across to the students through the process of reflection. And also, <clears throat> it helps us also with, with the new group because we also adapt when we have a, because each year the groups are different. 
So that also helps that part when we do the prior knowledge and during the lessons and then what happened after the unit, for example. And it's so interesting for us as teachers to see how we adapt our lessons to fit with the specific group we have in, in a specific year. Mm -hmm. And then, then also you have, sorry, maybe we're <laughs> speaking too much now. Um, then also you have uh, within the, this school setting, you have a, a range of uh, student abilities with, within one classroom setting. Mm. Um, and that requires a, quite a different teaching approach uh, from having a, kind of a, a kind of more of a streamlined students in each class according to ability. And um, I, I think that, yeah, that, 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 that gives us the extra challenge as to how can we include everybody mm. into the process of learning. And okay, we have different abilities, but also we have different kind of language uh, backgrounds of students. So how can we make sure that the, the ones who are not so fluent in English, you know, are able to access the content as well as those who are more fluent in English. Mm. Um, so we, we, we pose, it, it's much more, it's much more challenging, but I think uh, the, the, the challenge is what kind of like keeps us alive, you know, and um, um, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, so a follow-up question is, how did you guys, well, how did you discover the IB? How did you end up being here what brought you to specifically not the school but in general the ib system i, I, I can give my story I, I started off at the um, the school next door in the bilingual department um and uh and i was very fortunate that um the international school was basically uh, being developed next door um and and it was just very simply a natural step to kind of make that transition from the bilingual department into the international system um, because of yeah, my, my language profile being a native English speaker. Um, so it, it fitted in uh, very naturally for me. Plus, of course, my, my training was actually in teacher, uh, international education teaching. Mm -hmm. So it, it kind of, yeah, this was a, a no brainer for me basically. Okay. Yeah, and when I moved from South Africa to Europe, um, English is my second language, but then I moved to a Flemish part first in Belgium, so, and I couldn't speak the language. So people said I should try international schools, and it's the first time I've heard even of international schools. And I was so happy to hear, you can teach in English, even in Belgium. So when I moved to the Netherlands, I heard about the International School of Breda, and um, that's how I end up in the IB system, but I didn't choose for the IB system. I just chose for, for the language part. And uh, would you let your children or future t children take IB? Why or why not? I have a child who followed the IB mm -hmm. in this school. Yeah. Um, and so um, I have a second child who chose for the, the Dutch system, but I would have been very happy to uh, welcome him into this system um, but it was his choice mm -hmm. in the end um, yeah why I, I think basically our, our passions about the IB the, 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 the very different learning environment that you have within this school um, uh, is it's very different to a, a kind of a regular uh, classroom experience in the in yeah, the traditional Dutch system next door mm -hmm. and I have two children. They started um, their school, primary school, within the Dutch system, and because it's more for the language um, part of it, um, 
I will not put my children in, in an IB school because of the language. Because mm -hmm. I see how important it is to, to, really, um, under, to really fully understand the content. You really need to have good English skills and, um, and they are happy now in the, in the Dutch system, so I won't take them out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so um, another question would be, this is a completely different topic now, but uh, what approaches do you take to help a student who's struggling? You see in a classroom students not paying enough attention, they're kind of struggling, their grades are not what they want them to be. How would you take, what approaches would you take to help them? I'm, I'm happy to go first. I'm, I'm just for a, a bit of context, I, I teach only in the uh, diploma program, um, and so I'm teaching the older students, and I, um, I, I think it really depends on the type of struggles that the student is facing. You know, if it's uh, a student who is, uh, um, uh, I don't know how to say it, kind of not, not, not giving anything, not, not putting in the world themselves to learn for themselves, um, then I think more it's it's up to them you know it, it's got to come from them you know um, the diploma program requires people to be organized it requires them to have the motivation and if they don't have that then i don't want to say it but maybe they shouldn't be in the diploma program so when when it's that type of issue I, it's really over to the student and of course i can help them in terms in classroom trying to keep them on track um but it's as i say it's it's the, the IB program, the diploma program, is very much student-driven. Um, now, if it's a student who is uh, struggling in terms of language or, or, or their academic capacity is kind of less than others in the, the, the classroom setting, then we have to look into other options. Um, and, yeah, language is, uh, yeah, for, for my subject, it's more easy to support. We have uh, other textbooks which are for... Um, uh, English language learners, uh, where the kind of the definitions are clearer and things like that, so we can release that to the, the students. Um, if it's uh, kind of uh, struggling with the, the academic content, then yeah, we, we, we can look at potentially extra tuition or um, yeah, certainly having more focus on particular students in the classroom. But at the same time, you have to have that balance of just because you, you're focusing on one student who needs your help, it's really important not to forget about the other students as well. And that, so finding that balance is, is, is a challenge as well. But uh, um, I, I think, I'm speaking for myself, but maybe a lot of other teachers here within the school, I think we all have that passion to help everybody. Um, and yeah, I, I can link this back to our kind of mission and vision. You know, we respect everybody for who they are, you know, and that, that kind of, yeah, uh, encompasses also kind of uh, different academic levels, different language profiles, and, and we are here to support everybody, um, yeah, in their academic quest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for me, it's very much, um, I really do try and um, assist students individually, and I do that quite a lot, and I do see that I spend a lot of time on it as well. But because also I have a creative subject, I feel <clears throat> it's, it's, it's for me um, very good to find creative solutions with the students and really see where I can um, help them improve um, with uh, a problem area. Uh, but yeah, I totally agree with what uh, Mr. Sherlock also mentioned. 
um, and as, as a staff, I also see that we really go out of our way to help students individually. And we are fortunate because we have smaller classes. So when you work at a big school, it's always very difficult. But because we have smaller groups, especially in the DP program, you have sometimes six students in your class, then it's so much easier. And I do feel we are quite privileged to have smaller classes as well. Um, how do you discover your, uh, sorry, no, that's a, yes, that one. Um, would you say that IB is more challenging system rather than a Dutch one or an English one, or how would you say it relates? Because you can't, you constantly see students saying, oh, the IB is so difficult. There's so many things you have to do. You know, there's extracurricular things like CAS and mm -hmm. Sanded Essay and TOK. Mm -hmm. Because, so, I mean, it's not only the subject, it's all the extra things yeah. on top yeah. of it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah it, is a, it is a challenging curriculum yeah. for students, for sure. But I'm also thinking that I come from a traditional English mm. system, which I remember also being very challenging. Mm. Um, I, I think the IB challenge is what you want to make of the challenge yourself, you know. Um, how do you want to balance your um, effort across the curriculum, you know, and also making the right choices, you know, making the right choices in CAS so that CAS doesn't become this extra thing. It becomes this thing which you just simply love doing, you know, you just do it naturally. So it's not an extra thing. Mm. It's part of your passion, mm -hmm. you know, um, making the right choices in terms of uh, uh, subject choices, you know, are you following your passions or are you actually listening to mother and father? following their passions of what they want you to do mm -hmm. um, and making those choices based on more sensible choices on what you want to do uh, later on beyond the IV. Um, do you want the challenge of getting the 40 points or do you want to find a bit more balance and go for the 30 points which is still a great diploma and then also to have at the same time more balance in your life. Uh, I'm not saying don't go for the 40 points, by the way. <laughs> um, but I do think it's, it's really important for each and every student to have that balance, um, but also to, yeah, set their own goals, set their own, yeah, find their own challenges. Um, overall, in general, it is a challenging program. I completely respect that, uh, completely appreciate that. Um, but I think a lot of it, a lot of the challenge can be addressed through organisation. Mm. Um, and yeah, you will see how important this will come, basically, as we go into uh, this, uh, <laughs> as we go towards the end of DP1 into DP2, you're going to have deadlines on deadlines on deadlines, and meeting those deadlines, not, not kind of falling behind, um, having the organizational, organizational skills to yeah, keep up with the deadlines um, is uh, absolutely crucial. Miss, do you have anything to say on this question? No, I just okay. hope we answered the question. Okay. Yes. <laughs> because, I mean, we always compare the IB DP program to the FAVEO Dutch yeah. system. Um, so it is quite a high uh, level. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so what are some do's and don'ts in the IB from, from what, you, yeah, what you've seen so far? Have you seen like students struggling? What would mm -hmm. like what would you recommend what helps them to do? and what doesn't help? What is a please really don't do it <laughs> and what is something that really does help? I think students choosing the wrong subjects really is a big problem I see. 
um, and then the, I, I know you guys are so young and now you have to decide for your future and now you'd maybe choose the wrong subject and then this week we had a student who uh, we can't change now because I mean you can't you already lost so many hours uh, that's required uh, to complete the program successfully so I think that's such an important thing to I think to educate students and inform students more uh, better maybe in MIP5 so that they make an informed decision on their subjects choices mm -hmm. yeah I, I, I've got two things don't procrastinate do communicate um, procrastinate is uh, yeah, starting, you know, we, we start off an internal assessment process in a certain subject or extended essay, DP1 mm -hmm. extended essay mm -hmm. just started, you know, the procrastinator will um, think, okay, I've got my supervisor, yeah, now we'll just leave it, you know, mm -hmm. um, and a few months down the line, nothing's happened. And even more months down the line, nothing's happened. And then suddenly, two weeks away, the draft of the essay is due, yeah. you know? And there's such a pity. It's a real pity um, because, it, yeah, it could be a student who could potentially have produced a great piece of work. But um, through procrastination, they've, um, they've taken the opportunity away from themselves mm -hmm. to do that. And I find that a real pity. So uh, extended essays, internal, external assessment components, don't procrastinate, start working on them, and start working consistently. Okay. Uh, communicate, you know, when, yeah, you've, you've done your utmost to meet deadlines or, or you're struggling with something, don't just stick your head in the sand. Speak to your teacher, speak to your mentor, speak to your DP coordinator, speak to your NYP coordinator, you know? And, um, and we are here to, to support you. As I say, the communication part is so important because if the teacher is on board with you and uh, you're, you're both on the same page, then then you can work out a way, the best way to go forward. Oh, mm, uh, yeah, okay. And uh, what would you recommend to a student who is struggling? Do you have any tips, maybe? All of the above. Yeah, well, <laughs> communicate. And say if someone is already procrastinating, What's something they can do to fix that? Again, uh, communicate. Don't keep it to yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, you need they need to uh, speak with the the teacher involved, um, so that we can yeah sit down, make a plan, look at what are the, the next steps, mm -hmm. um, and what's achievable for the student. Um, to make a plan to be able to move forward, mm -hmm. um, that, that's that is so important. Mm -hmm. And what is something that a teacher can do to help the students? What is the most helpful thing that you you either try to do or you think teachers should do to help the students? From, from my own perspective is uh, making sure the student knows that they can do it. Um, because I, I can see a, a student who's got all these, I don't know, different things in front of them and they have no idea where to start. And, you know, I, I, so I can sit down with a, an ESS uh, uh, extended essay or ESS internal assessment and really help the student okay explain to them you know it, it's not impossible mm. you know you can do this yeah you're in the diploma program and so that means that we know you can do this um, and then uh, basically breaking something down into a step-by-step -step mm. plan yep. so that they can actually be able to uh, yeah um, I can't 
think of the word, but 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 see it more clearly how it can actually go forward mm. in their mind. And not see it as a one big task that feels like it's mission impossible. But if you break it down in little pieces and you set little deadlines, they could be like, okay, I need to do this now, and then and then in the end they will be able to finish the task successfully, but in smaller pieces, smaller steps. All right, I would say yeah, constructive encouragement. Mm. Not just saying, oh, you can do this, but you can do this. Here's how we're going to do it. Mm. Or here's how you're going to do it. Um, yeah, I think that were all the questions, mm -hmm. actually, for today. Wow. Um, yeah, it's been a, a short podcast, but this has been our last episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, if you do have any questions, we have an Instagram account called Once Upon IB. Uh, where you can send us any questions. But yeah, thank you for being on this journey with us. And this is it for our podcast. Special thanks to both our guests, Ms. Roskite and Mr. Sherlock. Thank you so much. Thank you. And welcome. that's it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>